Welcome to the Adoption Connection Podcast, where we offer resources to equip you and stories to inspire you on your adoption journey. I'm Lisa Qualls. And this is Melissa Corkum. Don't worry, we get it, and we're here for you. Hi, friends. Welcome to episode 157 of the Adoption Connection Podcast. Today, we're bringing you a conversation that took place in the dads group within our membership community, The Village. That group is led by our friend and colleague, Greg, and he facilitated a conversation about how dads can support their kids during the holiday season. And the conversation ranges from favorite traditions to how to help a child navigate visitation with their family. There are all kinds of things in this conversation that I think you're really going to enjoy hearing. So let's hear their conversation. It is great to be here with the Adoption Connection Dad Group. So what is your favorite holiday tradition, yours personally? I would say mine's a little strange, but on Christmas Day, we don't, we want to spend time. We have a big family and we want to spend time with them. The traditional, let's make a big dinner. Everybody's out in the kitchen and then it gets eaten in 35 minutes or less, 10 minutes or less. And you wonder why you put all that work in. So we started several years ago that with our family, we go to Costco, we buy lasagnas and we buy garlic bread. And that's what we have for Christmas dinner. And be- the reason for that is because of the connection. Because it gives us time to just be together. Cool. And so, so why is that a favorite holiday tradition of yours? I know, but go ahead. I don't know. Everybody knows what we're going to have to eat. So there's no question. Nobody has to bring anything. Nobody has to worry about what's going to happen. We know we're having lasagna. Here it is. And we can spend the time visiting and connecting and not worried about food and clean up dishes. Uh, that does sound lovely. So how about one of the other dads? What's your favorite holiday tradition? So we have a, um, a tradition that's um, very incredibly casual. And um, it, it depends on what the age of the children are in the house. But for us, uh, we will go into our uh, semi-finished basement. And the, uh, the tradition is that we'll run the Christmas story at least once, maybe twice, maybe three times per day after um, presents are opened and the breakfast has happened and maybe we went and had some Costco garlic bread, <laughs> whatever has happened, we'll, we'll retire to the basement, all sweatpants, all blankets, and just watch the Christmas story because no matter what, it is so full of so many awkward moments and so many uh, just hilarious, just kind of stories that just kind of rub you in every direction. The Christmas story is just full of them. So uh, no matter who's with us, no matter what what guests, and, and um, we have a large family, but no matter who's visiting or who's not visiting, no matter who's in the home, that we'll go downstairs and we'll spend some time uh, just uh, being together and just laughing awkwardly, hilariously, and no matter how it happens uh, at the Christmas story. So in describe, confirm for us which Christmas story you are watching. Nothing 
but the original, the Red Rider BB gun, and <laughs> Ralphie and Was everyone in the stock. <laughs> everybody has a part of the Christmas story that they like, and um, it just is is it's just hilariously awkward from beginning to end, and you can't not laugh. Sounds like fun. I think that um, for me, in, in a way, um, the Thanksgiving large dinner at my mother-in-law's house was is is wonderful because pre-COVID, um, it was all sorts of extended family, and and after the dinner was over, sitting around and long conversations, or our wonderful friend Debbie, she would. She was, she's a yard sale, garage sale person. And so, you know, some years she shows up and this is after Christmas dinner too, with these tins of filled with playing cards and she loves games. And uh, one night we sat at the table, not a number of nights, but we sat and and played Mexican train, um, that dominoes game and, and the conversations and just the the laughter. So that's a real tradition. Um, That's a, that's a great one that uh, we have always loved. So, but my mother-in-law still is able to do the big meal. Um, (laughs) Although there won't be 25 people there. Uh, There'll just be the 10 of us, but uh, it's, she loves to do that big meal and and that's her thing. Uh, She cooks for days ahead and and all that. and, And it's a, it's a lovely feast. Thanksgiving has been historically hosted at my mom and dad's over the over the centuries, if you will, um, and uh, it's been just uh, the the place where everybody gathers. But I guess one of my more re- and COVID's kind of put a wrinkle in in some of that uh, for for us anyway. Uh, but the w- the favorite tradition I think is since my wife and I uh, been married, we make us. Uh, special attempt that Christmas Eve is ours, our immediate families. You know, we get together with the other families, um, you know, during maybe the, the dinner, but then we do the candlelight service or some Christmas Eve and Christmas morning are together. And since we've had our boys now too, that's just a special time uh, where we try to keep it as that tight nucleus not saying that we're not connecting with the other families. It's just a matter of that particular time is for us to be uh, together as our family. And our family will grow, of course. But um, but we do spend time with the other families during the dinner or the you know Christmas Day dinner or you know one of the, one of those times we're spending time with the rest of the nucleus for those wonderful conversations and the connections and. It's all about connections and relationships, right? Another tradition that we have at our home um, that has been just a delight over the years is that no matter who is with us at any given time, um, the immediate family uh, on uh, uh, the the Christmas morning will um, we just have a little. A li- it's not a, it's not a rule, but it's something where we rally together, and it's a, really an opportunity for us to love one another and, and just connect is that we all go, we just happen to have the bedrooms are upstairs and the, uh, traditionally the presents are downstairs and we will 
only go down together, no matter what time it is, five, six, seven, as the kids have, have, have come and gone um, and they've, and they've grown in the home that no matter what, what, what time it would be that we all work together to go down together and we will culminate in one of the rooms. Doesn't matter which bedroom we all end up in, but it has to be that we go down as a group and that um, particularly when we're uh, doing our, our, our connection with, with kids and fostering and adoption to in, that inclusiveness that we, that we go together um, has been a tradition that was there before and is there now. And it has been super special that uh, what, whoever is, is in our home, we consider that assigned and we go down together and it's been really fun to, um, and it's never been uh, stressful uh, no matter what time the first person um, that gets up and is excited that we just gently and we encourage to gently work together that we that we go down as a group and we'll we'll, we'll slowly assemble upstairs and then move downstairs together that's very cool any other uh favorite holiday traditions one that i have is kind of mine because all the kids say it's dad's going back to the movie the christmas story we watch, I kick off the Christmas season, the evening of Thanksgiving, when everything's done and everything's getting quiet, I make a big batch of caramel corn, and who's ever around, you can either join me or you can leave me alone, but I'm starting off the Christmas season with a Christmas story, oh. Thanksgiving night. <laughs> oh, how fun. That's and at school, I have a leg lamp that I put outside my room. Well, our Christmas, there was a year um, when Kim was, we were, we were celebrating in our, in our old town um, and wanted to have Christmas. The kids were old enough and it was grandparents, we're staying home. We're not coming to your house on Christmas day because it's disruptive. You know, the kids don't want to open their presents and then pack everything in the car and leave. So we would do that. And somehow, however, it was, and Greg's cooking Christmas dinner. And so what, what we decided to do is that we would go to a, a farm that was probably about 60 miles away um, where they, they took really good care of their beef, uh, grass fed and just all of that sustainable stuff. And we would get a brisket. And I started slow I found a seasoning for brisket and would slow cook that brisket and everybody loved it and I'll, I'll bet you I don't know how many years it is but I'm doing it again this year because that's that's exactly what everybody wants so that's a tradition and I'm not a cook um but I've, be, I've had to become a cook and everybody loves the food. So that's very satisfying. And I don't have the anxiety about fixing it anymore because I know how to do this and I know it turns out. So I got this and other people bring the green beans and the mashed potatoes and do all that stuff. And so it's more, I don't have, I only have to take care of the beef. And uh, so that's a great tradition that we enjoy. It's a delicious tradition too, actually. <laughs> I love a good brisket. When are we coming over? All right. <laughs> no, not Christmas. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. But you know, if you're in Kansas, let me know. 
(laughs) (laughs) You know, if you're anywhere near Kansas, you're driving on I-70, you better let me know because I would love to see you face to face. Um, (laughs) And, and, you know, if I have enough time, hey, I'd buy a brisket and, you know, (laughs) stop by the house. Because I believe the pandemic's going to end and we can socialize. Excellent. Excellent. Sounds good. So, uh, but so a second question uh, with our children, we are here because our kids have challenging behaviors um, because of their early, early traumatic experience and abuse and neglect and, and abandonment and um, sometimes fetal alcohol and, and just spectrum disorder and all of that stuff. So, it is the case that uh, kids from trauma uh, can get quite dysregulated um, and disconnected and have challenging behaviors during the holiday. I do know of families that they don't, they don't do anything different on Christmas because they've paid the price and it just doesn't, it isn't worth it trying to have the extra food and the change of schedule and the different foods and the presents. It just boy, it just throws them off. Um, So one of our goals, it doesn't sound like we have that too much in this group, but how do you stay connected to your kids during the holidays? So between now, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving and Christmas, how do you stay connected to your kids during the holidays, even if they are struggling with challenging behaviors? Well, it's certainly a a time to, to reflect on the question for sure. Um, but one of the things I've learned as a um, adoptive parent, as uh, someone who had biological children, um, as we entered into um, this, uh, this uh, it's not a, a blended family, but a, but a, a combined, a, a new, a new, a new group, is that the emptying out of and, and emptying out in a positive way, a clean, a clean way of looking at um, the setup of the holiday time. Because the holiday time will come with a tradition depending on when you've entered into the foster and the adoption journey that has a, uh, a, a previous way that you had that tradition or the way that you um, – uh, interacted with your, perhaps your own biological children, if you didn't have any, that just whatever that was. And as you're dealing with those challenging behaviors that you don't set, drop that expectation. S- the expectation is there's no expectation. And if you start with that, um, that, that uh, baseline assumption that this is wonderful and everything is new and that it'll be a new foundation that is set without the children being directly told that, that you open yourself to whatever could be the success will, will have a great emergence in itself without having to try to direct or try to plan or try to uh, adapt something that you had before to be able to just, start fresh. I had um, some children that were, that were in our home from the fostering um, uh, system. So uh, uh, different than an adoption scenario, but uh, all these things are what, what 
they're all what we should be, what we should be interacting with or, or whatever. So in a, in a, in a fostering situation that they did have an opportunity to see their family over that holiday time, it causes uh, intense feelings of uh, loyalty uh, to their own family and then to the family that they've connected with through us. And uh, the, the, the most important thing we can do, exit ourselves and enter where they are. Totally empty yourself and think about what they're experiencing to then gather what should you do as, as a setting and tradition through the holiday period. So um, being able to, our, as best we can, experience what they're experiencing so that particularly those that have situations where you are going to make a connection with the biological family, that you make sure that they understand that they have that family and that they have the family that they're in. And both there's not a select, there's not a selection. There's not a, a selection between the two. It's similar to when, uh, you enter into a marriage, one family turns into two. So you have that situation where you have, um, uh, your family has grown. It is not divided. It's actually grown. So, and when that, um, uh, potential, uh, the, the situations we've had to deal with are, are visitation where there's a visitation over the holiday period. It's so incredibly important to make sure that that reconnection to you and your family uh, has maximum capacity to be flexible, to not set a tradition, to be able to welcome them back because that's the hardest part during the holiday season is to have, uh, they'll suffer intense loss, but they won't be able to verbalize it or, or um, they'll act out, but they're, they're actually acting in They're They're reacting to a situation. It's incredibly dramatic. And um, it's, it's so important for us as um, the adoptive and foster parents to uh, make every accommodation in that scenario where they're, they're in a situation where they're, they're torn between these worlds. I, I hear what you're saying in terms of putting yourself, emptying yourself and putting yourself in that child situation and doing whatever it takes to help them get what they need and to stay connected we, birth family. Yep. And- we had a child that, that when they had, there was a situation where it was completely appropriate to have some level of visitation through the holiday. And they, um, one of the things that just kind of happened was they could not go back into their, uh, their bedroom. It was impossible. They literally could not do it. You could, you could tell that there was literally almost a shaking tension in the child because there was this massive traumatic uh, uh, loyalty slash disloyalty situation. And what was, what's critical for us to understand is that this is not something where you say, but now you're safe, go to your room. It's, it's a, we're so glad you're back. How did it go? And even if it didn't, you know, that you're, that you're receptive to what has happened and that everything else goes away. If they sleep underneath the Christmas tree. Okay. That, 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 that they're okay when they come back, that they know that no matter what, no matter what happens, it's okay. 
And that, and that really can help through the holiday period. So you don't set the tradition and say, Oh, well, uh, you know, we're going to uh, all collect, you know, get together upstairs before we go down for present. But when they, you have to let those traditions go to make sure that what's most important is to be there for that child. Right. To see that's the, the tradition. The tradition is to be there for the children. Yeah, that's kind of along the same lines of what I'm thinking, because like with us, when Christmas and the holiday seasons hit, Thanksgiving, Christmas, there's all these get togethers. And it's choosing wisely which ones are good for the kids. Mm -hmm. It's that whole thought process of this one's going to be too chaotic. We don't have to do them all just because we've done them before or we don't all have to go to this one, maybe just some of us. You know, another one I think about is staying that connection is, and you said expectations. Is that expectation in our family that was there for years that everybody sits down and watches everybody open their present and you go around and everybody take a turn and you see it and you keep going until they're done. Um, it's okay for that kid to open a present and to be so excited about that present that the best thing you can do for them is let them head back to their room, let them slide out into the kitchen or whatever, go around the corner. Maybe you'll see them in a couple hours and they'll be ready to open another present. Everybody else can be done, but it's okay to be opening presents after dinner. And right before everybody else is going to bed, you finish your last one because that's the pace they needed to take. Need and again, it's not, it's not a tradition, but one of the things that I would also just um, <laughs> encourage, encourage parents that are in these situations. If you're, if you have situations where you have large family gatherings, um, make it an absolute point, be close to your child. If it's in a family setting, um, show your love and your care and your protection by keeping your child close to you. If you sit in a, in a family gathering setting and you're all on couches or something like that, keep that child close to you. Show them that, that they are with you. And then also just allow that time for all the emotions that the children are dealing with to be able to have a place to get away. And nothing's wrong. Nothing's wrong. They're, 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 over, they're overstimulated in that situation. And it, there's nothing wrong. They need to be able to move safely and with compassion that they um, just need to go sit and look at their phone in another room. Another thing, I mean, that's these, are teens. We, these are again, again, obviously I'm sharing with uh, teen, teen issues. Yeah. When we would, when we go into a big gathering to somebody's home, you know, we talk to them ahead of time and just say, we just need a safe place. And the first thing we do is when we go there is to take the kid and say, if you need a break, here's where you can take it. And you have something for them that you've taken with them, whether it's, you know, with one of our kids, it's her drawing stuff or her rocks of this is where you can go and just be with your drawing stuff and your rocks. And if you want one of us to be with you, just let us know and giving in that safe place that they can go so that they know when they start getting overstimulated or when it gets too much for them, it's okay. I have a place. Good stuff. Staying connected with your kids during the holidays. 
everything's been so different for it's different this year from last year. And I'm, uh, I guess what I'm going to do, do is, uh, and I've done this before is to pay attention to the needs of the kids. What is it that they need, you know, for their own felt safety and for, for that. I was hoping that when I started that, that I would come up with an example, but, uh, <laughs> but I can't necessarily do that. The, the holidays are so intense and so intense. And this is sometimes the guidance is uh, just, just be, be sold out for the kids because it's a very intense emotional time for them more than, more than every other day of the year, which they're already always in that escalated state where they're um, they're, they're just uh, uh, they're, they're so vulnerable and they can't, they can't produce it. They can't produce that in a way that may be something that we can, that we can openly dialogue with their, they, in many situations, they just won't be there. So the, the most important thing we can do is make sure they know that we are protecting them without saying we're protecting you, that, that they can be safe. The simple arm around their shoulders in a holiday gathering can give them tremendous security in a very scary situation and make them feel loved and accepted because they are and it's a and it's a it's a very simple gesture in the holiday times to be able to protect those children and um and 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 do what we what what we know we're to do in in some some uh uh helping the children through the through the trauma making them feel because it's true that they and it's okay and it's okay to leave something early Yes, definitely. <laughs> no, definitely. And clear expectations with your other family members, not, not in a, and not in a way that it would be um, uh, adding, you know, to creating a t- attention, but, but actually allowing them to participate God. by not participating. <laughs> so, yeah, so what is, and it's not it, that, that sounds so awkward it's like okay so we're going to participate by not participating it's like yes there's a there's a when uh, these children that have all of this all of this these things they have to work through elongating a engagement contribute doesn't it's not beneficial it actually can have a negative effect right. and to to be to be what what, uh, a short positive loving connection and then allow processing it's it's really important at any age at any age particularly for teens but at that point at any age definitely well one of what i realized is uh since we're in the holiday season in terms of for november starting halloween one of the ways that i stayed connected to my kids and this i try to do this year round but it's much more important in the stress of the holidays is I repair the relationship when Mm. I mess up. So if I'm getting stressed because guests are coming over, I've got to step up and be courageous and cook something or the house and my, and that, that whole shame voice starts of, uh, of a boy, you're really not up for this and you're not good enough. And you know, that my Enneagram type four stuff comes in. I, 
I consistently am likely to mess it up and uh, be short with the kid or, or be overwhelmed or be and kind of overwhelm them with my stress or something like that. So what, um, what I do is I continually repair the relationship when I realize that I have messed that up and I've overreacted or stressed out or hurt their feelings. And it just, it's happened twice today for, for my kid uh, that, that I said, I'm really sorry about that. I overreacted and I apologize. So repairing the relationship is one of the ways I stay connected with my kiddos during these, these stressful, what can be stressful holidays. Well, just, just in case, is there a, does anybody have one other uh, one liner or a 30 second something to say about our adopted kids and our families, our adoptive families and, and the holidays, anything that wasn't included. Don't be so worried about what's going to happen that you missed the joy with them. I'm so glad that you all have been here and I've enjoyed this conversation. It's been great for me. Well, dads, if you were listening to this or moms, if you were listening to this thinking, man, I wish my husband could be a part of this Um, or dads, if you were listening along and as often happens with podcasts, you kind of feel like you want to be in on it or you're talking back to your radio, we would love to have you inside the village. You can find out more information at theadoptionconnection.com slash village. Uh, spouses do get a discount. So if your spouse is already in the village, make sure you check with them to get your discount code. Um, and if both of you are listening this week and are thinking you both went in uh, because we do have a mom's only group and a dad's only group, um, then one of you should join, grab the spouse discount code and then you can get a discount on the second membership. So again, you can find all those details at theadoptionconnection.com slash village. This is our final episode for 2021. Lisa and I are praying that you find some moments of peace and joy this holiday season, and we will see you back here on January 4th, 2022. Before you go, we'd love to connect with you on social media. Our new Instagram handle is at Post Adoption Resources. Or better yet, join our free Facebook community at theadoptionconnection.com slash Facebook. Thanks so much for listening. We love having you. And remember, you're a good parent doing good work. The music for the podcast is called New Day and was created by Lee Rosevere.